This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Animal Angels. I'm Michelle Harris. And I'm Alexandra Paul. And we're so happy you could join us today to talk about our favorite thing, animals. animals. (laughs) (laughs) And that's uh, so parade-like, isn't it? Saying it together, the well, we're a team. We're that, co-hosts. So we are. We've been co-hosts. working together for a long time, so I, we just did it naturally. We didn't even plan that. And we wanted to start out today by talking about something that we both believe in and we both do frequently, which is fostering. And Alexandra, I know you foster all the time, as do I. And it's so important because it really helps get animals adopted. And it also cuts down the shelter population. But I think fostering's really good for people who may not know if the pet is right for their family. Don't you agree? Yeah, I've, especially if you're introducing a new animal to a household and there are other animals, it's, I think it's really smart and to do it. And let me ask you, the, I've fostered beagles and I knew I was fostering and I wasn't going to be adopting, but... How long do people generally foster? I fostered for a month each. Every time I fostered, it's been for a longer period of time than a month. It really depends on the need of the shelter, the particular Mm -hmm. shelter. And I know with Beagle Freedom Project, which you're talking about. Now called Rescue and Freedom. Oh, see, now called Rescue and Freedom. that they have homes waiting for them. So you're helping. One of the big things about fostering is you're helping to socialize those animals too many times. Like if they've been in a shelter environment, you don't know where they've come from. You're working with them on training. You're working with them on getting used to being part of a family. And, you know, again, if you are looking to adopt, but you're not quite sure if it's a good fit for your family, that's another way you can foster to possibly adopt. But one of the things I'm horrible with. <laughs> and I'm horrible at fostering, right? I am a, I'm a bad fosterer, but we live for people who are bad fosterers like me because I'm a foster failure. <laughs> Which means that you end up adopting. I end up adopting a lot of the time because if something warm and fuzzy gets in my house for about 24 hours, it's too late. <laughs> it's really difficult for me to bring them back. So a lot of the pets that I have now started out as fosters, but you just fall in love with them. And that's why I think it's so great for people just to kind of, not like you're trying out a pet, like, you know, you're trying on clothes, but just to see if it works for your family. And for the pet. And for the pet and make sure they're adjusting well. And then you don't feel like, okay, you know, this is, if this is a good fit, you know, works for my family, the pet's happy, then you go ahead and and adopt. But if not, they have a place to go back to. And hopefully, you know, a non-kill shelter. Obviously, the kill shelters are much more needy in terms of fosters because it does get them out of harm's way, you know, getting used to a family and things like that. I'm actually, I I would, I think maybe you and I might not agree on this, but I would go to a kill shelter 
to get them out. But then again, that empty cage, then another animal goes in. Is that your philosophy why you should go to a I think you should go to both. Yes, I do believe that fostering from a kill shelter fills a big void that we have, which is we need, they many times these shelters are killing due to space. Right. That's what it comes down to is that the whole shelter system, regardless of what part of the country you're in, is overwhelmed. We have too many animals coming into the system so that we want to make sure that we can get them out so that they're not overwhelmed and they're not being killed. So you're right about that. But especially where we are here in California, a lot of the groups, the rescue groups pull from kill shelters. So when you work with one of those groups, you're kind of doing the same thing. You're pulling from a kill shelter and putting them into a no-kill shelter so before they get to a foster? foster exactly. Because these groups go in, they see who's on you know, death row, for lack of a better word, and they try and get them out. Mm-hmm. So when you work with one of those groups, it, it's kind of achieving the same thing. There's just been, you know, another group in the middle of it, but both are phenomenal, but it's just important that people realize the value of fostering and it brings a lot of joy to your life too. Oh yes. I remember Michelle. Okay. I have a story. Okay. Can I tell the story? <laughs> yes. Tell the so story. We were, we were at a shelter in downtown LA. Remember we were helping out there. We had- oh, was this for our adoption event when I started crying? <laughs> I don't know, Michelle. You <laughs> cried a lot in my presence. <laughs> no. You're acting like I cry all the time. I do not no, you cry have all the heart. time. You have a big heart. No, I, no, it's hard to go into those shelters. Yes, so yes. I kind of have a breakdown, but continue. We were we were at a shelter. We were encouraging a, adoption in spay and neuter, maybe adoption in spay and neuter. And we were also the giving south, away the um, South Los Angeles yes, shelter, yes, south and beautiful collars, which by the way are so beautiful. They're like rhinestones and things that I actually wear them as jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> I wear them as jewelry, but they look like jewelry. Yeah, they are. They do look like human jewelry, and they're um, yes, they but they're for dogs. Young dogs too. Okay. So we were at the shelter and if you are at a shelter, my friend Joey does this where he goes to a shelter and he will stand outside the shelter. And if you can get to a person bringing in an animal to a shelter before they get to the shelter, then you can either try and help them with whatever problem they might be experiencing with that animal, why they're giving the animal up. And which could be behavior. It could be, they don't have the money or resources for medical care. So these are a lot of the reasons why animals end up in shelters. Yes. So we were right there and I knew I saw this woman come in with this tiny little adorable orange cat. Oh my gosh. I love orange cats so much. They're so cute. They remind me of a cat my dad had. So she had rescued him. He was a boy from, he'd been put in a washing machine by a bunch of I remember this. Yes. So I, I asked her if I could take him home before she got to the shelter, you know, doors. And she said, of course. And I took him home and oh my gosh, he was so adorable. The most precious, I don't know how you adopted him out, but you did something really well, which is you marketed him through social media. You checked out the home to make sure it was a wonderful home. We strongly recommend. What home I did checks. actually was went on next door, which is the with your you know the your na- com, which is if you want to get to know your neighbors and what's going on in your neighborhood. That's a wonderful website. And boy, I got so many people wanting to adopt him. His name was I named him Cyrus, but we couldn't keep him because we have a, we had a cat Hallie who wasn't going to accept him, and she's our priority. So. 
Anyway, he got adopted out. So I guess I'm am I I'm not a foster failure. You're not like me. You're not a foster <laughs> failure. And yes, I have had some fosters who've gone gone on to go to great homes. So I'm not or yours. Or, or my home, which is a tremendous home for yes, any animal that comes in. In fact, I would like to come live with you. Yes, everyone, <laughs> just come on in. If you're, you know, fun, air, fun human, furry, <laughs> we love to have you there. But and that was a wonderful event. But we did a lot of educating people who were coming there and giving tours and talking about the animals who were there and just really promoting adoption. And that's part of what we're all about with animal angels. And, uh, and that, that is a great story from that day. And if you're interested in fostering, by the way, there's a website you can go to, which is fosterfurbabies.com. And you can actually register to be a foster. And if you run a rescue, you can register your rescue and basically they're connecting fosters with rescues who need them. So it's such a great mm. resource, whether you want to foster or you're a rescue, just to find those people because we always need volunteers wherever you are across the country. All the rescue groups and city shelters need volunteers. We always need your help. And just keep in mind ways you can market these animals through social media like you had. Yeah, I'm not even very good on social media either, but with some help from my friends like you, I was able to do it because you told me some great places to put them up in my own Facebook page and Twitter resources and, yeah. like that. Now we just need to get Kim Kardashian to start putting them up for us. Right. I think we'd have a lot of adoption. So Kim, if you're listening, <laughs> give us a call. <laughs> so right now we are so excited to have as our guest. Sage Lewis, who's an animal communicator, intuitive, and medium. Welcome, Sage. Thank you. Thanks for having me today. Well, I know Alexandra and I both have a lot of questions about our own personal pets. Tell us a little bit first how you work with communicating with animals. Well, normally, you know, I, there's a lot of different ways that I work communicating with them. Once in a while, I get the pleasure of being in person with them, but most often I'm um, from a distance. So I have clients worldwide. Uh, I've talked with kitties in Israel and dogs in Peru and all over the United States as well. And, and the question is always, how is that possible? And the word telepathy means feeling across a distance. So we have the ability to feel across a distance, it's like when we're thinking about a friend or a family member and all of a sudden the phone rings and it's that person, we are able to pick up the energy from across a distance. And everybody has the capacity to kind of foster this skill. And I've just chosen to really work on it the last 18 years. So when I work from a distance, I have either somebody sends me a photo of an animal or a person who's living or deceased and with a, a description, a name and age, sex, in this case, where I'm not seeing pictures, I'm not seeing anything, I just need a physical description. So color, name, age, and sex, and whether they're living or deceased. And then you just ask me whatever questions that you're wanting answers to, and I connect in with your animals. Oh, that's so great. Thank you. This is Alexandra, by the way, and I wanted to ask about my kitties. So I have two cats, Sam and Simon, who are, they were born April 10th, apparently, but that was, once again, they're adopted too, so who knows if that's true. But it was um, April 10th, 2017. So they were born in the spring of 2017. Simon is, well, let me ask about Sam, because he's more of a conundrum to me. <laughs> because he pees, and I yeah. want to know why he is peeing. 
He uh, is Ray, and his name is Sam. He's named after a great animal rights champion, Sam Simon. And he's peed a couple times, and he's not crazy about his litter box. So it's, and I've switched litter boxes and put them different places and added a litter box. And so I just guess I want to know about his bathroom habits and his emotions around it. Yeah. So one of, this is one of the most common questions I get asked from cat owners. And it really is a problem because uh, it can wreck stuff. So one question I have for you first is who's the dark cat? Because that's who was coming through first. It looked like a really dark cat with some stripes. And it okay, might be well, that you have currently or one that's passed on or one that's moving through in the airwaves. Well, his brother Simon is black, but there aren't any stripes. There is a neighbor cat who, Tigre, who they sort of look up to, who has stripes. Okay. Yep. So what I need to do is just move that cat out of the way. It's not, it's not Simon. It's Tigre. That's it's not Sam or Simon. It's Tigre. Yeah. Yep. And Tigre said he can help. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Cause they do look up to him. Yep. He came through right away when you started talking, when you started explaining a little bit about Sam, I got an image of a, a darker cat with tiger stripes. So I'm going to bring both of them in and I'm asking Sam, what's the problem? And what he said as you were speaking is, why is he going potty inappropriately in the house? And he said, because he can. The second thing he showed me was that he has, for lack of a better uh, way to explain it, I would make sure that he's had a vet visit to make sure that he doesn't have any physiological things going on with him that would be a secondary issue. Well, he did. He did first pee when he was, did have a urinary tract infection. Yes. So, and then he has peed again twice. It's not all the time. It's just twice in the right. last several months. Yep. And it feels like it's a potential for a chronic thing with him that his immune system tends to lower a little bit and that he is more prone to UTIs. The second thing that he said, he does not like clumping cat litter. He oh, says, whoa. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't like how it feels on his paws. He doesn't like it. Um, he doesn't like how it smells. So that's an issue for him. Okay. That's an issue for me too, but I'm going to uh, defer to him and get some non-clumping litter. <laughs> wow. I, that's amazing. That's really good. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know how it works, but it's like a magic trick. Wow. Well, thank you for that. That's well, very valuable information. Have you ever done a reading on a bunny before? I have, and I love working with bunnies. They are incredibly smart. I feel like they're very intuitive animals as well. Yeah. So I have two bunnies and the first one I wanted to start with is Jenny. They're both adopted. I believe from what the vet told me, it's hard to get an exact age, but she's probably around nine years old. She's white. Um, since she's been with me, she's gotten a little bit chunky and she has blue eyes and I wanted to know, she seems extremely happy, but she's doing a lot of this digging behavior yeah. where she scratches, scratches, scratches on the floor. She's, you know, litter box trained, spayed and neutered. Uh, both of my bunnies have free roam of my home. So I want to know why she's having this kind of aggressive behavior. Yeah. First of all, she's an amazing bunny. She is yeah. being a bunny. She showed me chewing on wood. She showed me an image of herself chewing on wood. She showed me digging before you talked about the digging. 
who's actually chewing on a metal gate because mm -hmm. she gets into everything. So I literally have the main area where she's in, uh, which is my office, bunny proof with metal gates because she can get into anything. Right. And what she's saying is that it, it's either she has been chewing on wood or she needs to. Okay. So, uh, right. then the, wood toys. The next words that I got from her are like a vitamin deficiency. That on the wood has something to do with getting the correct vitamins. Okay. And is related to a vitamin deficiency. There's a frustration. And when I just said that out loud, I could feel her just exhale. Like, finally, somebody figured it out. Let me ask you this. I actually tried to give her a multivitamin. My, my other bunny will eat the multivitamin. They're specifically formulated for rabbits. She will not eat hers. No, I can see that. She's like shaking her head energetically. She's like, she hates how it tastes. She doesn't. So if you can, you know, I, I'm not a vet, so I don't know what vitamin or mineral that she's deficient in. She loves eating. She loves food. She said, if you can get her more of a balanced diet, she's showing colored food, beets, you know, I would be an example of a colored food, carrots, tomatoes, you know, I don't know what she can eat that's colored, but I, it's like rich and also kale, really dark leafy greens. Okay. Yeah. Uh, those are not really greens we normally give a bunny, but maybe give her a little bit of carrot. We try and avoid anything with too much sugar because that creates problems. And also kale has a lot of calcium, which can give them kidney problems, but mm -hmm. Definitely maybe vary it up a little bit. And I also wanted to find out with her, she came from a difficult situation, like to know her history before she came to us. She was in foster care for a while and then she finally got to us. But prior to that, I'd like to know what happened. Yes. And how old was she when she came to you? I've had her now for about a year and she spent several years in foster care. But because I work with the shelter that we adopted her from, I'm very aware of how she was processed and she came from an abusive situation where she was pulled by the police yeah so i kind of wanted to know what happened with that um and what i need is a more specific question if you can like it sounds um, you have how, a lot of history, how did she end up at the shelter what was her life like before she came to the shelter okay all right what she showed me right away was being picked up a lot like and it looks like children, how children pick up an animal from under the armpits and then they just kind of drap, you know, droop down like a big long bunny instead of being supported. So it's like she said she was picked up a lot. She was handled, but she was not handled appropriately. To me, I'm seeing kids and what it reminds me of, and I don't know if this is the specific, but what it reminds me of is like a school pet, like an animal that was in a school where a lot of kids handled the animal but didn't necessarily handle her appropriately. Uh, what she just said to me was, no, that's not it. So it was not a school. She said she was handled a lot. And it's like, uh, I mean, what that, what I keep getting from her is like her spine got stretched out, like not in a healthy way. Like I'm hoping this is making sense. She was not supported underneath her hindquarters. I mean, bunnies hate that. So I, I definitely understand that. They don't even like to be picked up as a whole because genetically they're prey animals. And yeah. I know that this may be a silly question, but can you ask her if she loves her mom? <laughs> she feels really bonded with you. Okay. <laughs> That's the most important thing. Like nuzzling in on the left side of your neck. That's really important for her that she likes feeling close to your neck, like your where your neck meets your, your shoulder, kind of that little crook in there. Okay. All right. Well, that's great. Thank you so much. One of the things I think 
with every pet parent is that, you know, we don't know what their lives were like before we adopted them and what they may have been through. And even when we do know their full story, since they can't talk to us, I think this is so wonderful to provide a bit of insight. Yeah, you know, and sometimes the animals don't want to talk about the past. If it has been traumatic, like what she shared with me was about how she was picked up. And that was kind of it. There wasn't anything else that she was really busy to dive into. Well, Sage, thank you so much. Do you have any more questions, Alexandra? Well, of course, I want to know about the whole background of my kitties, but I think we'll have you back on. And if you will come on and we can, uh, we can discuss Sam's brother, Simon. <laughs> yes, so. and Jenny's sister Cotton. We didn't get to her. Right. Either. She's so a princess. So we definitely need to talk about her. Okay. Where, where can our listeners find you? Yeah, my website is dancingporcupine.com, just like it sounds D A N C I N G P O R C U P I N E.com, dancingporcupine.com. And uh, that's the easiest way to find me. Get online. And if you want to give a call at 612-817-4473, I always do the first 10 minutes free on the phone for new clients. So you can't lose. And I work with people and animals that are living and have crossed over. So that's great. Sage, thank you so much for coming on today and giving us these wonderful readings and insight into our pets. Thank you. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Sage. You're welcome. Yes, and um, we just interrupted this Animal Angels podcast because (laughs) Alexandra's cat came in with a bird, came in with a bird, and we had to de-bird the cat, and it was a happy ending because the bird flew away, but I think I almost had a heart attack. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've also de-lizarded a cat, yes. Yes, we have to get different things out of their (laughs) mouth. But the cat was only on her little deck. He must be just a very skilled hunter. But we wanted to talk about our rescue of the week this week, which is uh, we like to feature a different rescue every week because there's so many wonderful rescues. It's so sad we can only do one. We could talk Mm -hmm. about so many. But this is a rescue that Alexandra and I both have personal experience with. And Alexandra actually placed a dog in need with them. So Alexandra, why don't you talk a little bit about Karma Rescue? Karma Rescue is a wonderful organization that really finds homes for hard to place dogs like pit bulls, which are very, there are many of them here in Los Angeles and and all over the place. And I will say one thing, uh, pit bulls are very misunderstood breed. Mm-hmm. Uh, most are extremely loving and loyal. They only fight when they're trained to. So it's kind of getting over the notion that pit bulls are somehow they're inherently bad dogs or not. They're actually great pets, but you want to make sure you don't know if a pit bull that's come into a shelter hasn't been properly socialized, has been placed in an abusive environment, maybe used for a bait dog or, or fighting. And that that's things they can overcome with training. It's not like you can't overcome that, but you know, there's a mythology about pit bull. I've always had a true. fear of pit bull. I actually still do, but Charlie, the dog that I took out of the pound after I'd heard he'd been given up to the pound by someone who cut my hair. I was so upset about it that I went, found the pound and went without telling her and took out the dog and then had to figure out what do I do? I can't have a dog myself. And so I called Karma Rescue and they helped. And what was great was that they ended up placing Charlie 
But between the time when I called Karma Rescue and placed um, Charlie, because he'd been in the pound, he had to go into quarantine for 10 days. So every day I would go and walk him. And I think he was sent into my life to open up my heart about pit bulls and stop being so afraid because he was the most wonderful dog. That's why they're misunderstood. Know, but you, you learned now that pit bulls are actually great loving dogs. Yes, yes. They can, they used to be called nanny nanny dogs. They used to because they're protective of they're children. Very protective children. Anyway, Karma Rescue is a wonderful organization. So if you're looking to adopt, go to karmarescue.org. Or if you want to help out or donate, they are a terrific place to put your money and your support. And we'd also like to take this opportunity, as we do every show, to talk about, please, 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 everyone adopt, but also spay and neuter your animals. It's so important to keeping our pet population down. So we want to just... Please look up a spay-neuter program in your area if you if it's hard for you to afford to do a spay-neuter because most areas do have vouchers available or other mobile resources and things like that. So if you Google spay and neuter in your area and low cost, you can find ways to spay and neuter animals because you know what? We want to save them all. We do. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to see the animal angels, you can go to facebook.com slash animal angels TV. And uh, thanks again for listening. And we'll see you on our next podcast. Bye bye. Let's talk pets every week on demand only on petlightradio.com. <laughs>